3: Hello everyone, it's the Aussie Queens here on Silent Podcast, giving you everything you need to know about the Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition. I'm floppy fanny Sarah Carradine and she is not going to lose to two sausages, it's Annabelle Fiddler. Hey Annabelle.
1: Hey Sarah, I'm here, I've got my big boy pants on and I'm ready to
3: go. Oh, no, you preempted my introduction of Dan. (laughs) We've picked up a hitchhiker. He's put on his big boy pants, gone for a big boy walk, and picked up some big boy brooms. It's the Dan Heaton. Dan, thank you for hopping into our car. Oh, thank you for having
4: me, you know. I'm just, you know, I hope also like these teams that I am good at fish stuff and good at remembering, just like our bros, you know. I want to be that good.
3: (laughs) You are that good. Today we're covering Legs 9 and 10 full episode spoilers for all the episodes of this season that have aired, and there might potentially be mild spoilers for other Amazing Race seasons because we have Dan here. We are going to be picking his brains. So last week, with five teams left, we all made grand final three predictions as if we knew what we were talking about. We all agreed on Emma and Haley. We all agreed on Darren and Tristan, Uh, and then I had Angie and Ali, which I'm now uh, really worried about. And both of you had Yana and Cor. So Dan, you told me you'd misread the edit. What did you mean by that?
4: Well, I've been watching the season, and you know. They've shown so much of I won't try to do the core impression, but so much of oh, them. Mom. <laughs> it's like they're almost the main story of every episode. And so I was kind of looking at it like we're seeing their story. They're going to struggle. They're going to fight. They're going to argue. They're going to bicker. And then at the end, they're going to thrive and succeed. I wasn't sure if they were going to win or not, but I thought we're going to see their complete story and so even when like you know we got close well i'm jumping ahead a bit but you know what happens here in this episode i still was kind of like i don't believe it something's gonna change and i was like no they're crying it's it's over so i was wrong i read their edit as them being like they have the story and now like you know as we've seen new stories seem to be appearing like the bro competition but it's still, it feels like the whole season we've been leading up to them. And then it was leading up to them ending. But, you know, still a good story. I just thought they'd go further.
3: And Annabelle, for you, the Yana and core of it all? Oh,
1: I mean, they're my buddies. What can I say? Um, I, I thought, you know, they had finished in the top three for the last several legs so even though they had a pretty low placement average overall we had seen them coming and performing consistently in the last several legs so I thought look you know if we're going on recent performance they're looking pretty solid but of course you know those two one or two communication issues is Mm -hmm. it buddy is it moom? I don't know but they couldn't pull it off.
3: Uh, yes, I mean, we are jumping to the end. I love Cor crying and thanking the crew. I think, ah, what a sweet buddy he is. I Eyeball. He's like, you guys, thank you so much. You guys, we've made great friends. Oh, he was so sweet.
1: So sweet. I watched the episode cr- twice and I cried both times as he cried.
3: hmm mm-hmm. Wonderful. So, Dan, from tears to laughter, what have you thought about the season so far up to and through Legs 9 and 10? Which we'll get to in more detail as we go.
4: You know, I've been really, like, nicely surprised. I mean, I, was, I wasn't I was sure what to think because coming in, I will say, not being from Australia, I knew King George, having watched him a lot. I knew that Silverchair had a drummer. I wouldn't say that I knew him personally. <laughs> and that was really it. So I look at all the people and I'm like, I don't know how big, like I didn't realize that Darren had hosted the voice and, you know, the dancing with the stars and never all the different people that had been on shows and what they did. And some of them were siblings or even barely know the wiggles. So I wouldn't know Emma that well. So for me, it's been kind of fun to meet these people and characters, but also too, just on the amazing race side, I feel like it's, It's been a pretty solid season. It's actually, they've made it fairly hard. This was not like some reality shows, like where they have celebrities and it's like what they do is so easy. This has been kind of tough. And I also like it a little more than last season, because last season was kind of insane and had so many people and I could never follow. And it went on for like 10 years where this season, I'm like, it's kind of small, it's content, and it's been better as an amazing race season that I would have thought was celebrities.
3: Yes, I mean certainly the last uh, season that you and I covered, Dan, which was the season before the last crazy 10, 20-year, 30-year season. Uh, people are out, people are in. They're sick, they're down, they're up. Uh, the one before that with the intruders, we would get on every week and go, "What, what, what is, what is this? What is this thing that we're watching?" <laughs> this, for me, strangely felt much more like. Uh, amazing Race Prime than the last the last two seasons of Australian. What about you, Annabelle? Well, I don't have a lot to compare it to,
1: um, so I can't <laughs> speak to how amazing racy it is. But <laughs> I am just so in love with these people and I've genuinely adored Um, This experience. And actually that that kind of leans into the question I had for you, Dan. So we saw Darren, my favorite Darren, (gasps) denigrating the Wiggles, um, saying that they're, yeah, they're good, but it's because they're really good at those play school challenges. Um, And so I wanted to know, compared to The Amazing Race proper, is it less physical than what we we would normally see? Is it very similar? Are there usually this many creative tasks or memorizing language tasks? What does it normally look like?
4: Well, actually, Amazing Race US has sort of also, or Amazing Race Prime, as I know Sarah calls it, has also moved kind of away from being so physical too. So to me, this does not seem less physical than that. And even all the arts and crafts, as Darren calls them, this is kind of similar to what they do. It's Amazing Race, I mean, in a sense, because you'll often see these beefy guys come in and they're like, we're going to destroy everyone or Olympians or whatever. And then they get stuck on doing something weird or, or dancing or not weird, but, you know, something different than what they would think. This reminds me a lot of what Amazing Race Canada has been doing, too. Um, not, I know that you probably haven't seen it, but they do a lot of memorization and a lot of dancing and a lot of different things. And so you see this where teams that you might not think are super strong. I mean, Emma and Haley are built for this season. And they would also do very well in Canada. And US is kind of moving that way too. The main difference is US doesn't do that many tasks. Like a lot of their episodes only have two. Even the 90-minute episodes that I've seen so far have two. And Australia, this is more like Canada, where it's like three or four. And I really like that because then they have to test a bunch of different stuff, which That's good. So I think, um, being strong is a very small part of it. Strength helps running really helps, but the little, the people that are good at kind of a lot of the, um, things you would never do that often in life, but that can pick things up quickly often do very well. And that's what we're seeing with Emma and Haley, especially, which has been awesome.
1: Well, might not do a lot in your life, Dan, but Emma and Haley seem to have done absolutely everything all the everything. way through childhood. They're amazing.
4: I, I I'm rooting for them, especially <laughs> now. Don't get me wrong, Darren. To go with Darren, I mean, every once in a while he says or does something funny. Every once in a while, but his like, his um success rate is like ten percent. And then all the other stuff were, and then of course making saying their biggest opponents are the two guys and i'm like what it's like i don't understand it it's like and the other guys i understand it a little more from harry and teddy who i kind of enjoy more than for but for him i'm like what what so yeah he's about about 10 or 15 percent i enjoy and then the rest of it i'm like come on darren but they are good racers so i give them that
3: they are, and Tristan. I mean, we've we've been a fan of Tristan from the start, even as Darren has gone down and down in our estimation. And Twitter certainly agrees. We have. I have some questions about cheating, which uh, we'll come to when we come to it. Let's dive into leg nine. We're not going to, you know, go nitty gritty. We're just going to say what would we like, whatever we would like to talk about. Bo tells us very firmly at the beginning, you know, trying to be firm dad, but, you know, he's not. He, he never can be. Elimination is back on the table. So no illusions about people getting, getting away with things. We're starting in Siem Reap. The stallions are very determined. We love the stallions too, Dan. They're, I'm very annoyed by them in the beginning because I thought, oh, don't make me like you. I'm very annoyed <laughs> that you made me like you. Uh, but they are about to fall from grass a little here. There is a bit of dick measuring going on between the two boy teams. As as you say, all of us went, uh, they are not your biggest, you are not each other's uh, biggest um, competition at all. What did we think here? We went to the circus and we were either going to start the giggles or stop the wobbles. Both physical challenges, one with a little bit more creativity Start the Giggles was a Lazzi routine, as it would be called in Commedia dell'arte, a, a sort of slapstick, two-person, tumbling, comedic mm, performance, and the other simply balance in your bare feet on a rolling tube for a minute. Uh, both hard. Which one would you have done, Annabelle? oh, without a
1: shadow of a doubt, I would have done Stop the Wobbles. Um, I mean, theoretically, unless you're, you know, have lost nerve feeling in half of one of your feet and are suffering from severe back problems, RIP Angie, you could get this done in five minutes, really. Um, Whereas start the giggles, you have to memorize this full slapstick routine, even if you nailed it on the first try. And Emma and Haley, who have a lifetime of experience doing this, take two tries. There's no way that you get this done really in less than 40 minutes. So I'm decent at balance. I'm not going to join the circus anytime soon but that seems the no-brainer one to choose unless you've got some sort of serious uh a problem like poor angie does what about you dan
4: oh yeah i mean you, you think about it because with the balance you only have to do a minute so even if you keep falling you just i'm gonna keep trying this over and over and you're wasting five seconds ten seconds whatever whereas the other one you saw ali and angie they go over and they're both just like no, no 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 no, no. we're going back but um, neither one looks super easy because I don't have great balance either. But yeah, when you're talking about cartwheels and smiling and doing all these, I mean, tossing whatever they were tossing back and forth, there's too many steps to that. It's too much. Just stand there and do it. I mean, I was a little nervous. Angie would never do it with, you know, like you said, her, my goodness, can't feel her foot. This is not seem good for the amazing race. My goodness. But yeah, I think it was, I'm impressed even that Darren and Tristan, like, you know, Darren was. You know, I hate to give them props, but was sweating so much and seemed to be really struggling. I'm impressed they got through that after a while.
3: Yeah. And the thing with, with Start the Giggles is you have the, I mean, they all have to get changed into the clothes. So that's that's an equalizer. But you have to watch the demonstration. Then you have to practice and then you have to do it. And even if you, as you say, if you got it first go, that is much longer than trying and perhaps failing a couple of times on the wobbly tube. Uh, Teddy was very proud of Harry because apparently Harry's six foot five he doesn't give me six foot five energy but you know there's a lot of him and Jana who nailed it but she was in she was in distress you could hear her breathing and you saw her determination and that's an athlete so it's not that the wobbles was not difficult but that is surely that's the one to do
1: And, you know, Harry, ballerina Harry, and if you'd seen him on Too Hot to Handle as I had, Sarah, you'd know he's a tall six foot five stallion. Um, Mm -hmm. They had an extra advantage because Teddy gave Harry a hot tip at the start and said, we need to go pants off for this particular challenge. And I think that would have definitely helped with their balance. I mean, doing that, Doing that in their little tiny panties definitely was the game changer for them.
3: Well, it made the uh, challenge much more enjoyable for all of us, I feel, including Harry and Teddy. So, uh, the, look, all the teams do pass, as we say. Angie really having to, uh, to quote from another uh, another reality show, dig deep. Uh, but she did get through through the wobbles, and they're very pleased and. There might have been a tear in my eye as well as I thought. She is really rising above all her physical pain, and it was her determination and her love for her daughter and her love for her grandmother that really uh, got her through. But this is a this is an incredible. I mean, they seem very bonded before they started, but as, as far as parent-child bonding pairs, I've seldom in all the amazing races that I've seen seen such a pair. A bond in this fashion.
4: Yeah, I mean, I've I've been impressed I was because early on, I felt like you know I, they were fine. They they didn't stand out as much. They, you know, they were like sisters, as we heard. But as they've come along, I think you know, as the teams, because a lot of times they were finishing kind of well, but not near the end. But now it's like you're you saw it. I mean, especially as this this two episodes went on, like. Wow. She's, you know, that's what I kind of the whole season. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it doesn't feel like, oh, it's a celebrity season when you have somebody who's hurting that bad and they still want it so much. And it's for charity. Sure. But that almost in a weird way adds more like they, they want it even more because they don't want to give up for their charity. So that it's weird. It's kind of been fun.
1: I love them. They're so supportive of each other and so kind. And you can tell that even though they really care, and as you say, Dan, Angie is pushing through so much pain. And and you can tell that, yeah, Ali wants to win as well, but more than anything, she wants her mum to be okay. And this you can tell that energy is being picked up on by the other teams. None of the other teams have anything negative to say about them at all. At multiple points throughout these legs, you know, Haley and Emma say, we want to win, but being in front of Ali and Angie breaks our heart as well. Um, and, and when you contrast that to, say, the other teams where Yana and Cora are at each other's throats, no one seems to really like Darren. Even Emma and Haley, who, you know, couldn't say a bad thing about anyone, call Darren sassy multiple times this episode. Um, not in a good way, I don't think. <laughs> not in a good way. You can tell they don't really like him. Um, and obviously Harry and, and Teddy feel a little bit of competitive animosity towards him as well. Um, whereas Ali and Angie, yeah. just these shining beams of, of light. Yes, I've
3: just liked them more and more as the race has gone on. So we're going to go and get a bicycle, which if you are six foot eight, which core is, no, six foot three, uh, it is going to be quite small for you. And you're going to get 40 brooms. You're going to tie them with a small amount of string and you're going to cycle to the furniture shop and deliver them, make sure you've got 40. Make sure they're all inside the cage. And if you are tall, make sure you bend down and see that they're not sticking out the bottom buddy. So uh, the Wiggles' father loves knots. Of course. Of course. We are about to come to a couple of challenges that they don't have experience in. But the well-roundedness of these two continues to astonish. Darren was a Cub Scout, so he's all right about tying knots. Uh, There's sort of not much to say about this, except those bicycles were very heavy when they were being ridden. Angie does take a tumble, which worried me. The, I suppose, salient point of the bicycle challenge is Harry and Teddy have a speed bump because it was a non-eliminate, a predetermined non-elimination leg at the end of the last leg and they came last and so they must perform a speed bump. It almost seemed to me like they didn't know that they had to and we do find out later on that they don't listen to instructions so they don't know how many mangrove seeds they need. So it may be that it just slipped past them that they had to do a speed bump. So for their speed bump, they have to go back to where the brooms were on foot and they have to carry 40 more each back to the furniture maker. Uh, They're not very happy, Dan. How would you describe their behavior at this point?
4: I was baffled. I actually, you know, I was watching it and then for a second I was like, wait, who are they talking to? Because you normally don't see the producers of The Amazing Race come out and talk to them. This is more like a. A challenge thing where the producer comes out and there's all kinds of drama. And then I was like, why are they so mad? Because again, like you, I was thinking, well, they had to be told they had a speed bump. I mean, that's and of course, then the thought is they don't listen to instructions. They obviously this was not a shock to me. Maybe they haven't watched that much Amazing Race, given that they don't know about the speed bump. But um, I don't know. It was a little the whole thing was kind of strange. I think the bike riding was just so tired that they were just so. Like, we're, get, you know, like, really worn out. Like, it's probably much hotter there than you can tell by watching the screen. But even so, I mean, this speed bump, I will say, and I know we can talk about it later, was one of the harder things you'll typically see with the speed bump because it was physical. A lot of times, though, they didn't make them ride the bike. They just had to carry the brooms, which is different. But still, there was more to it. Some speed bumps are very easy, but I don't think that's why they were upset. They They haven't, like, studied the Amazing Race history of speed bumps to know this is worse but it was all kind of baffling to me
3: annabelle it seemed like they they just didn't they didn't know they had to do it and they felt it wasn't fair or something there was some kind of strange you why are you making us do it we don't want to do it and she very flatly says well you can quit are you quitting no no
1: Nope. I loved this. I think they must have left their big boy <laughs> pants on the floor back at Stop the Wobbles. Oh, um, they
3: didn't put their big boy pants back on. Okay. Yes, forgot. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, They it. forgot.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't seen a full-blown adult tantrum since Pam left the game with George. Um, and I think yeah. Pam would have been shaking with this one because th- – they were screaming, swearing, stomping their oh. enormous stallion feet. It was amazing. I, I it
3: was a, an ugly turn. I feel almost. <laughs> I thought, who? Mm. So, a question from for for uh, we have a question from Peanut TV, uh, and they say Harry and Teddy haven't encountered much adversity in their lives. Obviously, <laughs> well said. Has anyone thrown such a tantrum at a speed bump? So, so Dan. Let's do a little TAR history, Dan Heaton style. Tell us about speed bumps in general, how they are generally done, and where this one would rank in terms of difficulty.
4: Well, just a little background. I'll try not to go too far in the weeds and put everyone to sleep or something. But speed bumps were not part of the amazing race at first. It used to just be, hey, you're not eliminated. Everybody's like, woo, and that was it. And then they tried a few different things. They tried to take people's money. They tried to take your clothes. They tried to mark you for a moment. There were a bunch of things that didn't really work. And then speed bumps finally stuck, I believe, around um, season 12, if I'm not sure, around that time of the U.S. So it's still been a while because they they figure out, oh, we just do this extra task. And most speed bumps are set up where they know how long it's going to take you. They essentially want you to waste about a half hour or 20 minutes. This one was one of the harder ones. Like, just here are some easy examples of the past. Notorious examples. Once a team had to eat ice cream. Once they had to sit on a sauna bus for five minutes. Once they had to sit on a block of ice for 10 minutes. Once they just had to toss a coin. It was supposed to be really tricky, and they did it in 30 seconds. So this is harder than all of those. This is actually rare. There's one time, Season 27, where there was a really complicated roadblock. Where you had to like transport on a bike weirdly enough saris and then in india and then wash them and lay them out and then when they this team was already struggling and then they made the speed bump was the other person had to do it and then they got u-turned so it was very ugly but so that to me is the closest example to this one that was even worse but this is on the hard side i don't i mean i haven't gone through and memorized all of them but i will say this is harder than your average speed bump, but. I don't know how far away it was. It was probably not the hardest thing ever, but it probably took them 20, 30 minutes and it definitely made a difference, but they did catch up. But as far as tantrums, I have never seen a team go crazy or sorry, Harry and Teddy, get a little upset over a speed bump and act like they didn't know it was it happened. I don't think I've ever seen that. I've had teams get frustrated when like the speed bumps a little harder than they think it'll be. But most speed bumps are just kind of like like you could almost just turn an hourglass for 15 minutes. And I mean, the speed bump is more fun because it's a task. Most of them take about 10, 15, 20 minutes. And they usually aren't as physical. So I don't know. This is very different. And they're, I'm still a little amazed that they got so upset because um, that I have never seen on the show.
1: You could say that game changers.
3: <laughs> I don't yes. know. Yeah,
4: they're, they're it, changing the game. They're fighting back against the authority that makes them do tasks, which is what you do on the show.
3: Avanti was Populi. It,
1: was it that much harder? I mean, we saw George and Pam earlier in the season had to go and pick up, you know, enormous bag of rubbish. I don't know that this was I mean, it was probably more physical exertion, but I don't think it was more time consuming. No,
4: I'm guessing it was very similar. I think they probably try to make it like, you know, this season, they probably tried to make each of the speed bumps, um, you know, I don't know if, I don't know, if, I guess we won't, yeah, we'll see next episode, but they probably try to make each of the speed bumps about the same length.
3: Mm. Uh, has anyone ever not finished one or has a speed bump, do, do speed bumps materially alter a, a, a race team's finishing? Position?
4: Sometimes there's kind of two different things. Sometimes there are teams, the editing will try and fool us, but there are teams that are so far behind and then they spend the whole leg going, we can catch up. But because of something, the leg before, they're like hours behind and it doesn't matter. And then there are others where they might have had a chance, like when the legs are really close and the speed bump might just keep them away. I wouldn't say like a team's in first and they do the speed bump and they end up in last. It's more likely just kind of wherever they are, they're about the same, but a little worse. So, like, if they're near the back, it might be enough to push them out. But I don't think there's cases where it's just, except for, like I said, that season 27 one, they, they might have had a chance, but then that roadblock killed them, and then they were behind, so they got U-turned. So that was a case where they might have been last anyway, but that's the most egregious example. Most of the time it's just like, yeah, we're we're gonna wait a little bit, but in the scheme of hours of racing, it's not a big deal.
1: So once they manage to get past this bit with the bikes, we move on to Chong Shroke Lotus Pond, where the teams have to pick 50 lotus stems and, and then Craft from them six meters of silk. It seemed a real mind over matter challenge. Um, and there was a lot of slipping in the mud, ew leeches, generally unpleasant, Dan.
4: <laughs> I wrote down and I was like, teams complain about spider bites, leeches, frogs jumping in the face, the mud. It was like every there was like a whole montage, but um. The part about getting the actual flowers didn't seem too bad. The second half was seemed bad, but yeah, this just seemed like um teams didn't enjoy um even MN Haley not so much loving this one. You know, it even knocked them down a bit. Could you I couldn't barely believe it. They looked a little frustrated.
1: Yeah, it, it was a recipe for frustration. I mean, we saw we have Yarn yelling at call,
3: there's no plants there, buddy.
1: <laughs> yes, there are, Mom. I can see Did you live for it, Sarah?
3: I I love this thing. I love the Wiggles falling over hilariously right and left. I like people falling falling over is very funny. I mean, everybody knows that. But for me, the uh, not clumping the that all teams were there together, and I feel like in this whole season there have been quite a number of tasks where all the teams have been together, and I really like that. Uh, But it was the relationship advice that was coming at them from all sides uh, that I found very
1: amusing. Oh, this was great. The Yana and Kor fighting gets so bad that the other teams intervene. We see Harry step in again and say, guys, please stop fighting. And everybody else kind of gangs up on them and says, yeah, please just chill out and have fun.
4: Yeah, I actually kind of enjoyed this because you saw all the teams, like even the teams almost broke like the fourth wall in terms of the race. And the teams were just like, okay, guys, we're all, we're all trying to just enjoy it a little bit. It was, it was almost, yeah, it was almost like an outside the race moment where everyone just kind of like, yeah, just stepped in and was like, wait, this is, this is getting a little too, uh, I hate to say mean, cause I, I love Yana and core, but. They just wanted to kind of, it's like a family member. If a family member is fighting, somebody wants to jump in and be like, hey, hey, let's let's chill. It was, it was a human moment, I would say.
1: Mm. And, and the only team that really seemed to thrive here, pants are firmly back on and in place. Harry and Teddy are really good at these challenges that just seem to be about sitting down and really concentrating on what's in front of them. You know, no thinking, no kind of juggling several stuff at once, just a very simple concentration task. This always seems to calm them. We saw this at the gardening challenge as well.
4: Yeah, no navigating. That's the key. <laughs> if they have to go from one place to another. You're you're in trouble.
3: Yes. In fact, it was Jana and Cor that got lost in this leg. Oh. So once the silk has been finished to the very, very taxing uh, eye of the judge, she sometimes, Dan, let's stop down here and talk about judges, which is one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. It seems like sometimes they are actually judging the task and other times I just wonder if... There's a little production person saying, yes, they pass, no, they don't. Um, Here it seemed very much that she intently looked at every single centimetre of the six metres of the silk that they wove and any little bump or fray or imperfection, she sent them back to fix. And this really uh, held up down and Tristan, who had made six metres fairly quickly but very roughly so I felt like she really was a task and other times I I wonder about who's passing and why they're passing. What's your feeling? And I'm not saying that that's production interference. I'm sure it's in the rules that they agree to that, you know, I mean it says so in, uh, in, um, in Project Runway, you know, that the judges are judging in consultation with the production company. So I'm sure it says that. Dan, judging and judges, do you sometimes feel that, they really judging, or and sometimes feel like they're just there in a costume.
4: Well, personally, as an amazing race viewer, I do enjoy kind of forgetting that and just being like, wow, they're just judging everything. But and Jessica Lee, even will dig into this more, but just that most of the time, to my understanding, I haven't been seeing the race, you know, produced, but there's usually somebody from production who is really the one who is making the decision. And then they turn to the person and the person's like, thumbs up, you know, and then there's that ding, which they use every time on anything on this, this season. But I think that's most of it. Now, this particular case, like you said, there may be cases where the, the production person is still there, but maybe if the person's like a real expert, you know, they give them some leeway because it did look like she wasn't like she was looking at, which is actually kind of rare for the show. She was looking at the strings and everything. But also, too, one other thing to note, which we didn't really see here, but a lot of times when you see someone, like, you keep seeing them doing, like, the insert of the thumbs up. You know, Jess also burst, burst my bubble on this one. A lot of times those inserts are shot completely separately.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
4: like, you know, I hate to, hate to bring this up, you know, TV show.
3: <laughs> they're shot separately and i Look like away. To that every Look away time now if you don't want to be spoiled <laughs> yeah. she's really
4: the judge is really happy this particular example though because you would see her looking at the string you saw the teams right there you saw everything on top of it i'm inclined to believe in this case they were involved in some form but it's so hard to know because like i said as a viewer i like to just not think about it but as we even saw with the producer earlier they're definitely very involved because you can't expect You know, they may be, like you said, with certain dances or things, sometimes they just want you to kind of get close. And then sometimes they're like, like in this one, they're very particular. Sometimes it's just doing the task of the silk. And other times like this one, it's like, no, you have to do it perfectly. And it can, I'm sure as a racer, it's kind of weird because it can change so much by each task.
3: Yes. I mean, we've also seen something this season, which I'm sure I've seen it before, but I couldn't bring to mind when I had, which is judges saying no and then pointing out where they had it wrong. This to me seems quite rare, Dan.
4: It happens sometimes. It really can vary. I think this is like a rules set up because I think some tasks they think are so hard that if they don't show you what's wrong, the teams might be there forever. And then some, they actually want the teams to, like I hate to say want them to struggle. But sometimes it's part of the thing where it's like, like let's say you have like you have to recreate a tent or something. They want the teams to not be able to figure out what they did wrong because if the person said you met you put that one part that one chair the wrong way, the team would get it in two seconds. So that in that case, they want them to not know what it is. So and then there's also the drama and the show can like put a little light next to what's wrong and make the teams look kind of dumb. Where here it's like. Um, I think when it gets so hard, they have to give them help. It's really task by task.
3: I
1: mean, honestly, at the pace, Buddy was snapping those uh, lotus stems. I think they, <laughs> they needed all the help they could get.
4: Yeah, yeah. They needed they needed some assistance there because some of these teas would have just, well, they might have quit <laughs> Yes, know, as we saw earlier. So you never know. Yes.
3: I mean, you know, uh, to, to their credit, Harry and Teddy did, did cheer up. Uh, and and go and do do what they needed to do. So the, it's uh, it it's set up as if it's a foot race. Angie and Ali finish before Yana and Core. Ali takes Angie's pack, but working on the Jessica Lee's rule of it's not an actual foot race unless you see both teams in the same frame. Now, in past episodes of of this season, we have seen teams in the same frame. And we are going to, uh, in the next leg, see teams in the same frame. So you go, that is a real foot race. Did you feel, Annabelle, that it was a true foot race between the Olympian and the 16-year-old and the woman who can't feel her foot and has a bad bad back and her daughter? Or was the edit trying to uh, just get it quite exciting for us?
1: These fake foot races felt particularly manufactured to me. There was also the one with Harry Teddy who come in second before Darren Tristan third. Uh, And for me, it feels extra fake when the team that supposedly only moments behind doesn't even make it to the pit stop by the time that Bo has finished doing his cuddles uh, with the last team. So, uh, no, we, we never see them in the same frame. Not even on the mat. Um, mm. So no, I I
3: didn't buy this one at all. Oh, well, you're moving from filthy casual to just casual. We'll get you to expert level by the end. <laughs> yes. So Calum's skeptical. Is, uh, yes. Uh, but Beau is having fun with this greeter. He he asks her if uh, she she can't lie about uh, about anything, and he says that. He can't lie and gives us a lovely sly glance at the camera while we're on Bo Dan, what I know Jess Lee's feels that he would come and wake you up out of your hotel room and make you go and drink with him. How do you find him as a host? Let's not rank them, but, but perhaps you could compare them.
4: I, I am a fan of Bo because every season he gets more himself. Like, I mean, even the fact that he always wants to bring it in, you know, and, um, give the hugs and some of the teams are just like, yeah, we're good. Others are really more into it, but all his banter with the, I mean, he's been doing that since his first season, he was on technically, I guess season four or, you know, the fourth, most recent season. And at first you could tell he was a little awkward, but I think he's, um, he's himself. And yes, he's, he's, um he's probably, yeah. The, the get you out of bed and make you drink. I mean, he's, he lo- seems to really love doing this. And um I don't know, It's different. He seems most like the team's buddies, and I think that's what he wants to be. Oh, buddy. With all the buddy. <laughs> with all the hugging. You know, that's the deal. <laughs> he was doing that even the season when, you know, they were more worried about COVID. And I was just like, what are you uh, doing, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, Especially because you know what happened with the guest host and the whole deal. So it's I like, know. yeah, it's uh, but yes. he's himself. That's what I mean. He can't help it.
1: All yes. Right personally look forward to season 20 when it's escalated to where he's full tongue kissing the teams as they reach
3: the mat <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> so so yana and core do come in fifth and i'm sorry to tell you that you have been eliminated from the race the the relaxed loving you know confessional they give after they've been eliminated you go where, where was that Fun, delightful, delighted pair, core with tears in his eyes, thanking the crew and just saying it was the best time and how wonderful it was and how much they love each other. To go, well, you could have fooled us.
1: Oh, they were salty when they got to the mat and they were mm. last. Like, you could resalt the ocean with the <laughs> ice that was coming off that pair. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I know they were very upset. This is not like fake out editing, but I'm sure, you know, when you have a lot of teams, like there really aren't any other teams lately that have been even had much drama or fighting or everybody's getting along really well. So the show is just like, we've got to, you know, plus we got the 16 year old. We're going to show him a lot too, you know, and he's not just because he's 16, because, you know, mother son, it's not a common amazing race team that you see. So that's cool too. But I'm guessing they, whenever they fought, we saw it because that's good drama, good TV for them,
3: you know. Yes. Yeah, so well, once George and Pam were gone, there wasn't a lot of inter inter in no. inner team <laughs> squabbling. Yes. I'm sorry to see them go. I, although I I didn't put them in my final three prediction. I thought oh, I'm just going to be wrong. I feel like I'm going to be wrong. So I certainly don't blame the both of you for picking them. I'm sorry to see them go but thrilled with the top four I sort of even enjoy that Darren's there particularly because Twitter just hates him so much there was one tweet saying uh, watching Darren on Amazing Race has lowered my opinion of him I used to not like him and now I hate him <laughs> <laughs> oh it is, we find out next
1: episode that Um, He was on sea change and that's that's it brought it all back. That's where my crush started. It was in the sea change days. But I've got to say over that well and truly over that now. And when Harry and Teddy say, Darren and Tristan, you're just us if we shrunk in the microwave. I'm Mm -hmm. with you, Harry and Teddy. (laughs) Microwave him.
3: Microwave him. And also the more they concentrate on beating each other, the less they're realizing that Emma and Haley are going. Spoiler, they're going to be my winner pick. We will do winner picks at the end. Uh yeah, so let's go to leg ten when we're going to microwave Darren and Tristan. Uh they have to prepare fish for sale, scaling and gutting them. Annabelle, something you do on a daily basis? Ew.
1: This was so gross. They've flown to the Malaysian part of Borneo, which I love, been there too. Um, but filleting the fish and the guts and they would have
3: stunk
1: like fish all day. Could not. Absolutely could not. I honestly think I would have found this harder than eating the spiders.
3: Wow. And they had to do three each. I mean, that was very I found that very interesting, Dan. It wasn't. Each team must do six. It was you must do three each.
4: Yeah. And also they, it wasn't, again, it wasn't just do it. The teams got their fish rejected a few times, which they had, some of them had, had, to, I liked Emma's, you know, well, uh, this is something we haven't done before, which <laughs> you know, I was like, really, you haven't done this before. And um, I also just, yeah. I have to say, from even from they didn't do the usual we don't really see the fish. They made sure we saw the fish, and um, from home without the smell, it was gross. Oh, it was um, I mean, I know I think Teddy kissed the fish, so I guess it didn't bother them too much, but that's that's not something eh, it's not something i've we've done before, I guess, as Emma said, but it's crazy, yeah.
3: Uh, the scaling seems very easy. You just sort of scrape the scaler up and down, and there's a, a flurry of scales, although I'm sure they get absolutely everywhere. But where teams fell down, shall we say, is in not correctly cleaning the inside of the fish. And there's a lot, there's a lot inside a fish, I must say. Darren, I'm not particularly screamish, but got fish guts in his
1: eye. <laughs> this it splooged out onto his Face. And I wanted to say, actually, Dan, for your reference, the fish kissing is an Australian cultural reference. Yeah. So we used to have um, a big fishing show here called Rex's Rex Hunt's Fishing Adventures. And his signature move would be to kiss the fish on the lips before throwing it back in the ocean. <laughs>
4: Wow, I feel like I, I I need, I almost feel like, I, well, I say I want to look that up, but if it involved any type of gutting fish,
3: no. no, 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 no. Uh, he would catch and release. So he would oh, okay. give them That's a little, okay. he gave them a little <laughs> kiss to send them, to send them on their way. Now, here was a question. Let me just pull it up here. There was a lot of flurry on Twitter about cheating, and it took me quite a while to figure out what they were talking about. Darren is a cheater, apparently, and it was to do with him asking the opinion of the locals, who were all looking on, to say, "What do you think?" He was, you know, up clearly gesturing backwards and forwards. "What do you think about this?" And they were saying, "No, yes, no," and pointing to where he'd got it wrong. I and he, and we know that he called on on a local for the mahjong task. But I honestly, you ask locals for directions. I do not see the difference. Annabelle, what do you say? I don't, you know what? How helpful was it? Darren just loves to
1: get the crowd involved. I think it's the host in him. He likes to drum up a bit of an audience. And I resonated with it. So a core saying my grandfather loves is never do anything you can pay somebody to do for you. It's it's a maxim I live by. Um, and so when Darren said, if you can't do something yourself, Rope somebody else in. I was like, you know what, Daz? We don't often see eye to eye, but I'm with you on this one.
3: Mm-hmm. So is it cheating, Dan? and what what is cheating on the amazing race? Because uh, we haven't got to it yet, but there were a lot of questions about if it's a memory challenge, how come they've got pen and paper?
4: Well, first of all, answer, I mean Annabelle, you're ready, not a casual. you were you were right on there. That is not cheating. What he was doing, at least from what I can tell, there have been cases where people have recruited locals and had them travel the whole legs with them. I don't think the show lets them do that anymore. But there's a famous name called a Fern, which was been named off of someone named Fern that joined a team for the entire fire episode, and then um, Boston Rob from Survivor also got people to go with them the whole time because they were very famous at the time because of survivor all-stars so it's happened before where they've done this but i think task by task there are probably some where you cannot get help it's again it's like that it depends answer like if there was a case where they said you cannot use locals i don't think they would do that in a fish market there's just too many people but let's say you're somewhere and there aren't a lot of people and you like traveled somewhere and brought in some people and there sometimes are rules that say you can't do it. So it totally varies, but, and that's the same thing with the notes. Um, The memory tasks, usually you probably can't do notes, but if we saw him doing notes, the show would have penalized him if, or told him stop, but he did it. And so that means it was okay with the rules. Cause that was probably so hard. They again did not want people lost in the woods forever that they thought they had to help them in some way.
3: I mean that 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 jungle looked quite tiring. They were going uh, up and down, and of course, Angie with her foot was having a little a little trouble. But uh, the the season before last that you and I covered, Dan, the ghastly alpha pair, man and woman, were penalised because there was a particular point made to stick to the speed limit. And as soon as that was said, it's like yeah. we've never heard that said before. What's going to happen? And, of course, this was a self-driving task, Annabelle. They overtook another team and in doing so broke the speed limit and they were penalised for that. I, I just think it would be really hard to cheat in the race. Am I naive? I mean,
1: don't do anything illegal seems pretty standard to me, and speeding <laughs> violates that, so that makes sense. But yeah, th- these don't really unless you blatantly don't do the challenge correctly, I don't know how you would cheat.
4: Yeah, big one is roadblocks. Some teams have been penalized in the past because their partner helps them. I was actually a little there was one point with George and Pam where um, they were talking about the task. And I know there was one point in the U S where someone got penalized for telling their partner, just something really basic. So again, it varies by task, but that actually surprised me a little bit. So that could get you penalized. Like if you, if your partner's doing a puzzle and a roadblock and you say, Hey, do this. But again, it sometimes varies. It's like everything has different rules. It seems like.
3: I love it when uh, I love, I love people being in pain. I love it when one, one team member is doing the thing, and they keep not passing and not passing and not passing. And a team member watches, knows what they've done wrong, and they are in agony because they cannot, they cannot say. <laughs> One of the delights of the race, I think. Let's go and uh, save the reef or save the mangroves. So we're going to go to the reef and regenerate the coral. We're going to pick up five kilos of dead coral and then glue nubbins or newbens as your friend Darren called it uh, and in the mangroves you're going to kayak three kilometers to find and collect how many seeds Harry and Teddy 36 seeds not six seeds 36, and then paddle to a mangrove nursery and plant them. I found this fascinating because I've never seen a mangrove seed. Well, I might have seen it and not known what it is because I've certainly been in mangroves in Thailand. And I've never seen a mangrove nursery. Annabelle, which of these two tasks appeals to you? I mean,
1: look, I think in the moment I would have been, like Darren, tempted to opt for the one where I was going to be able to wash the fish smell off me. Uh, but the kayak one did seem to be easier. Um, Emma and Hayley finished that one pretty quickly. Harry and Teddy only came in last here because, oh boy boys boys get it together and then when we see that confessional and teddy's like i mean it is mostly our fault no honey it's completely your fault listen to the instructions
3: we, we always say read the clue but also a corollary to that is listen to the instructions
4: Yes, you will be required to do tasks, including a speed bump, and including something that may require you to count. Mm-hmm. It is hard.
3: They counted yes, to six, Dan. Do what do you want? <laughs> so they, yes, they they seriously impeded themselves by having to go back uh, and get more seeds. Uh, passing Emma and Haley, who were like, "Well, what ha- what happened? we well, were wrong?" But no, they paddle on. They paddle on firmly in different directions, which I liked. Uh, So now we're going to get to the roadblock that we talked about briefly, who wants to headhunt. They haven't spoken very much about the necessity for each uh, member of the team to do the same number. Dan, was this always the case or did this come in in a later season?
4: It was pretty early on. What happened is you had a season, season five, where the disparity in roadblocks, there were three couples that made the final three, and their roadblock disparity was like 13 to 1 and 12 to 2 or something crazy like that. And the show was finally like, and I hate to say it, it was the the man who did more in each case. So they the show decided for those types of cases, we need to split it in half. And we did see where I think Hetty and Terry Teddy and Terry. Oh my goodness. Harry and Teddy. I should say.
3: Harry and Betty. <laughs> stallions. Where one
4: of them did say, I have to do it. So I think we're not seeing people like outright say that way. But I think it's still here. I think it's most iterations do it because in a lot of cases you have fairly balanced teams. Like most of these teams, I don't see one where I'd go, oh my gosh, it's it's really off. But there could be cases where it is that way um, where one of them is much better than the other and they want to avoid the case where then one person just does everything and then it's way, way imbalanced. But yeah, we're going back to five seasons in. So we're talking like 2005 or something. Mm -hmm. It's it's been a while.
3: And what are the different strategies that teams use to allocate, uh, allocate the roadblocks? I mean, some could do, I suppose, turnabout, are, are others really trying to pick the cryptic clue and, and play to their strengths? what What do you see people, teams doing uh, in terms of keeping the split even?
4: Well, it used to be more obvious like when they would say who like hi- likes heights, it would be a heights thing. but now they kind of do it backwards where it's like who likes spelling and then you have to like do a spelling word from a heights. or you know they do different things. some teams just do every other one I've seen where they're just like, we're just going to do it randomly. And then other ones, I do think usually the show likes to have somebody who's afraid of something like they can't swim very well or they can't. So the teams really try to figure it out. And sometimes you can tell like, oh, we're at the top of a giant gorge. I wonder what we're doing. And then, but then some teams don't, they, they misread that too. So I think it's, I don't know if there's one great strategy. I think it's just like, having your eyes open and figuring out, okay, where are we? What do we think we might do? But like this, how would you know from this that you're going to like, if someone's great at memorizing that they would be doing this, who wants to head hunt?
3: I suppose. I don't know what hunt that is. <laughs> hunt, maybe in the most recent Canadian season, the question was who likes art and what they had to do was uh, repel up uh, an architectural feature of the art gallery nothing to do with art and it was really hard like really tough dan do you remember that task oh yeah and then the the bungee jumping i
4: think that's the one where it said something about spelling or words because you bungee jumped and then had to read or like there was no i think it was who wants to take a picture because you bungee jump and you had to take a picture with the samsung camera that was in every episode you had to like take a picture so the person and then one team the guy just was like i can't do it so they got fooled because he wasn't the heights guy even though they were near this massive cliff so yeah Yeah, the message which might have been a clue
3: all right, so let us get into I just keep looking at my notes and seeing flappy fanny, uh, which is making making me laugh. Uh the this is headhunting, they have to find nine wooden masks along a jungle path, memorize the order, and put it on a board at the end. Annabelle, how much do you think that weariness is setting in for all the teams? Like not just weary from the day, but weary from the whole race. And how much is that affecting their ability to memorise these masks? So even with notes, they, they all seem to struggle a little bit to, to, to fill that board at the end.
1: Yeah, frankly, I was weary watching this. I It was probably my least favourite challenge that we've watched so far. I don't know what it was, but I just didn't find it super compelling. They must be exhausted. Poor Angie. I, she, she must have had to have done this roadblock because I don't see why else... Um, Ali wouldn't be giving her the rest time. The The only marginally interesting thing I found about this was that Darren runs off and does it alone, and then the other three stick together, help each other out. Poor Angie's dying, and so Harry's propping her up. Um, so I, I thought that the dynamics between the teams was interesting, but mm, I could have skipped this one.
4: Yeah, it was a little... It was one of those two where I thought, oh, Emma's going to be great at this. And then she struggled and I couldn't really figure out why. Well, she couldn't even it's...
3: find the hooks.
4: Yeah, that's right. She was just flatting them up there. Yeah, it was. Um, And also, I pretty much thought in my head, I'm jumping at that, it was probably going to be non-elimination. So I also didn't feel that tense about this one. So I think that might have been part of it, too, where I'm like, I don't think they're going to eliminate anyone. So I'm not like super nervous for anyone, and so and it went on for quite a long time.
3: Yes, they, they seemed to milk it because we saw them looking, and then we saw lots and lots of work on the board, and we saw the non non-tasking partners waiting and worried and chatting to each other, and and as you say, Dan, I mean we were messaging messaging each other and saying, well if. If this is leg nine and ten and there are 12 legs and it's a final three, it has to be a non-elimination. It just doesn't make sense for it not to be. I mean, unless 11 was going to be a non-elimination, that would be very peculiar. So I think, yes, the tension was not there. And Annabelle, you're right, it was not a compelling television.
1: Is it now, normal? to have this many non-eliminations? I, I mean, as a casual, I was shocked it was a non-elimination. Uh, there's been three in this season, Dan. Is, is that normal?
4: Three is pretty normal. The worst is when they do four when there's only 11 or 12 episodes, that's where you feel like, or maybe there's one more episode. That's where you like, we've had some where they've done two in a row and it's like, Oh my gosh, no, please no more. Just eliminate um, that
3: team, please. Yeah, please. There's a the team that
4: you're like, there's been teams that have won that have got, that have been saved twice and stuff. So not just George and Pam, other teams get saved really, but um, predetermined
3: <laughs> on <not> elimination.
4: <laughs> there's been a lot of teams that have gotten, there's been weird shade about it. They've said, but, Three is pretty standard. I wondered early this time because there were only there were so few teams that maybe they wouldn't do as many. But also, I thought there were 10 episodes, but there was 12. So that threw me off. But, um, yeah, I mean, the U.S. now, like I know you've talked about before, is doing this kind of fake non eliminations with keep on racing. But then they also at made it thirteen teams, so there weren't as many. But then when there was thirteen, it wasn't like Australia. I was lost. There's too many teams, you know. So that's not great either. It's like this happy medium, where it's like do a couple, but the third one always kind of feels, especially because we just had one. What did we have one at six, and then we del- eliminated one, and then we have one at five? It's like, or no, at four, I guess. But it's so you know, it's still it's pretty, pretty frequent, and also. Um, They give it away on, I don't know, do you want me to not go into this? Because in Australia, they give it away in the intros. That's what I will say. I I could tell you what they're doing, but I also don't want to spoil any viewers' fun.
3: Well, viewers, skip forward um, a couple of minutes, Dan, is going to intrigue us.
4: All right. I will wait a moment just in case someone wasn't paying attention. So whenever there's an elimination in the previews, of these episodes, Bo always in the in the in the beginning, like the beginning where they say coming up tonight, Bo always they show Bo saying, Your time on the race is over. When they don't show that, you know it's a non-elimination. Now, maybe in episode one or two, they don't do that. But once we get into the meat of the show, if they don't show that, they might have Bo saying, Teams are fighting to be eliminated. But if you don't see Bo on the screen, say your time on the race is over. This season, it has been a non elimination, so that is what I've noticed. And I don't, I hope I didn't ruin either of your, <laughs> your fun no, watching this, no, no. but it, it is what they do.
1: Thanks, Dan. I hate the they, show now, I can never. Oh, watch I again. That's too. so not true. Last
4: season had a lot of the longer seasons, have like you think this is a lot. Two seasons ago, the one that Sarah and I covered, I don't know how many non eliminations they had that season. We were, we were crying,
3: we would we would come onto the podcast and say, "Please eliminate someone, please, please we like
4: waited, and I think there was like we waited we watched there were like six episodes, and they eliminated two people, or two teams, and yes. we're like, really, so this isn't too bad to answer your question, Annabelle, I know I went off on a tangent, but um, oh come this back of, listeners who middle went away. Of the road
3: listeners who went away, you can come back now, yes. <laughs> All right, let's get to the pit stop. Before we get to the pit stop, we have to search the shallows for a coconut. They all figure out the coconut will be floating uh, and they have to, well, it said they had to open it. They had to cause it to be opened. They had to take it to a person. Annabelle, on your theory, why keep a dog and bark yourself? Uh, don't do anything that you can pay someone to do. And then they have to li- deliver it via kayak to bow on the pit stop. We do get a foot race because we do see them see the two teams in the same frame. So okay, we buy this one. Darren and Tristan first, Harry and Teddy second, the Wiggles third, and Angie and Ally fourth. The movement in this uh, leg, Dan, I mean, sometimes there is a lot of movement, but here really going from first and second to last and back again. Is that unusual?
4: That's a sign of a good leg. We saw this even last episode where Harry and Teddy, because of their amazing silk skills, were able to move ahead. To me, the worst legs are when, I mean, not worst, but the ones that are boring is when you start and everybody finishes basically in the same spot or one team goes, we move from fifth to fourth. And you're like, oh, so this is good. I think when it's designed well and the tasks are hard, you see a lot of movement. And um, I got a little nervous for Emma and Haley, despite what I just said a few minutes ago. But, um, yeah, that that, that makes for exciting TV, I guess.
3: And Annabelle, were you surprised that Harry and Teddy recovered from the last leg and the uh, mishap with the mangrove uh, seeds to come in second?
1: With the pep talks that Teddy is giving Harry, I didn't see (laughs) any other way but success. Teddy is Harry's number one fan. Thinks got to be the only man in the world who thinks Harry's a genius. And I absolutely love that for them. The confessional that broke my heart a little bit here, Sarah, um, was from Angie. And she was saying how, you know, she's in her 50s, she's divorced, doesn't know what she's doing next in life. I wanted to grab her and say, girl, you are at peak income. The kids have left home. And even better, you don't have a man to look after. You are living my dream. I cannot wait to be divorced in my 50s. (laughs)
3: <laughs> love it so anything else about that leg before we move on to our predictions for the next episode i did right. really
4: enjoy oh. their response sorry i did enjoy their response because i can tell you i knew it was an elimination Allie, especially no idea the way she dropped the coconut that beau did a good job selling it he looked very sad so um i like that it made me like feel good for them that they, because you know, it means a lot to them and they both survive, so it's awesome.
3: I suppose if you're a racer and you haven't seen the show very very much or at all, you don't pick up that he says, yeah, you are the last team to arrive and I am sorry to tell you, you've been eliminated from the race. So when he says, I'm sorry to tell you, you're the last team to arrive, how has it been? <laughs> like, yes. That's maybe why you don't know that it's an unlimited. She feels very good at this too.
1: Should we talk average placements now? Yes, please,
3: Annabelle, the yes.
1: average placement queen. Love my average placements. So with five wins on the board, Ta- Taryn, I'm doing a you, Dan, Darren <laughs> and Tristan are in first place with an average placement of 2.6. So I think predictions-wise for me, they are no doubt in the final. Then the two women teams are actually tied for second. So Ali and Angie, Emma and Haley, both on 3.3. That said, we've seen Ali and Angie not perform super well this week. So I am worried for them. Um, And then bringing it up in the back, we've got Teddy and Harry, who are on an average placement of 4.1. That said, they have come back this week, finishing second twice. So if you're asking me for my predictions, I think the final is going to be Tristan, Darren, Emma Haley, Teddy, Harry. And with all of my heart, I am manifesting that Emma and Haley beat my least favourite, Darren. And we love you still, Tristan.
3: Yes. Look, I, I must say I'm with you. We all discounted the Stallions. None of us put them in the final three, but it feels very much like Angie and Ali will be gone and the other three teams will be in the final three. And my winner pick is Emma and Haley. Dan, how about you?
4: Well, you know, I probably agree on the top three, but just to play devil's advocate, so I'm not just totally agreeing, They've been setting up this. Um, Darren and Tristan, I'm um, going to feel like I'm going to say it wrong again. The Stallions, um, their rivalry. And I don't think this is going to be a who wins in first place. I wonder if next week those two teams, this is an alternate thing that could happen. What if those two teams are battling it out to see who makes the finals? Like, what if it's that's the rivalry? Those two teams are like oh. third and fourth and one of them doesn't make it. Now that's probably not the most likely thing that's going to happen. Cause it does feel like Darren and Tristan are going to be in the finals or maybe, and you got to think that at some point, the whole story right now for the stallions is we have to beat those two guys. Now, maybe they somehow beat them and they both make the finals and then they lose in the finals. I don't know. That's probably what's going to happen. I still feel like Emma and Haley is, now have the story like these guys are going to fight each other and they're all like that and then the other two are just going to be like yeah we're better at all these things and just kind of stroll right in but um that's probably what's going to happen i just wonder i wonder if any of us it seems like A- angie and ally are most likely to go out but maybe there's some sort of way they could sneak
3: yeah, my my original prediction was did have them in the final three, but I just questioned it uh, this week. Bo did say uh, so they're going to be racing in Kuala Lumpur two final uh, episodes Wednesday and Thursday of next week, and Bo says it's a battle for a place in the final three. So Dan, I wonder if your prediction is actually maybe correct that it's the it's boy it's, it's the boy on boy team. Battle to to be third. I would
4: love if it's true.
1: on Emma and Haley, I mean, we heard this week that they're Beau's favorite, even though he's contractually obliged not to have a favorite. We continuously hear how amazing they are. They've got to be Australia's favorite team at this point. Everyone's rooting for them. Come
3: on, give, please. I can't have, I can't have a Darren win. Give me the girlies. We did in our in our preseason coverage. We did talk about the fact that uh, the the woman woman team often is very rare in a final and very rare as a winner and that we hoped that in this case one of the pairs of women would win so that would be fantastic. Dan Bo says this has never ever happened in Amazing Race history in the world and he seems to be saying it on the mat rather than a voiceover or a camera piece. What has never ever happened in the Amazing Race history in the world.
4: So I will say, I have not watched Amazing Race Asia. There's others. There's like Greece. There's all these other Amazing Races. I have not watched. And I did not look up because I didn't want to be spoiled on all those seasons. And also, it would have taken forever because there's a lot of Amazing Race seasons. But before I get into that, I have a guess on what I think it might be. It's so weird because there's a lot of different things it could be. It could, I assume it's not a foot race because it looks like they're doing some sort of task right there, but maybe it's, this has never been this close. Maybe it's, there was a season, in the U S season 20, where some team showed up too early accidentally to the mat and hadn't done a task, or maybe it's something to do with the last task, but all those things are possible. There's a lot of different finales. You know, they usually in the last two seasons, they have like a final task, then they go. I wonder if it's something about the makeup of the team. And this isn't a big spoiler here because I looked up U S Canada and Australia. And granted that is a little like um, English language centric. So I apologize, but those are the seasons I've watched and three of these four teams are in a makeup, a team makeup that has never won the amazing race in those three seasons sections now granted could it have happened somewhere else so i'm just saying you know we have not had a uncle nephew we have never had sisters win we have also never had a mom-daughter team win now two dudes who are friends yes that has happened before many 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 times but it could be none of those things it might not even be the structure but this is where i'm thinking Am I crazy? Am I just overthinking this? And it's probably just like something really
3: silly. Is it that the race doesn't finish in the country of origin?
4: That could be possible.
3: But he seems shocked and excited by it. Could it. Is it a tie?
1: Yeah, happened. can two teams oh. jump on the mat at exactly the same time? That's what I thought it was.
4: That actually would be different because, yeah, I feel like, also, the show may not want to point out like we've never had a, a sister's team win or mom, daughter or something, because it also doesn't like Australia in particular has been very male centric with their winners. So maybe they don't want to point that out. So maybe it is something different.
3: Exciting. I mean, uh, uh, tied legs. Have you can you bring any legs um, to mind that have been tied? I'm sorry. I'm trying not to say Somewhere the yeah.
4: teams jump on the mat at the same time like as a, well, we're third and fourth or whatever. Yes, I've seen
3: that. They wave and they jump together or, yeah.
4: And sometimes they say you're both team number three and sometimes they don't, whatever. But a tie finale, wow, that would be, that's like the best one yet. I hope it's that. I mean, granted, the other ones are kind of interesting, but I was trying to think, because there's been a lot of weird, actually, often finales are a little boring, but Australia tends to do a pretty good finale, even though I they tend to, winners tend to be known this one, actually, I'm not as convinced about the winner as I have been in a few other seasons recently. So uh, last season, I I had it pegged. But this season, I don't yeah.
3: know. Yeah.
4: I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh,
3: I mean, one of the, the, it just is built into the structure and it you, it can be no other way, is that the winners win and then you have another 10 minutes of the person coming second and the person coming third, which is like, yes. mm. yeah, because the high point is when they win. Uh Annabelle, any other predictions for the finale before we go on to our other questions?
1: Harry and Teddy make out. You heard it here first. Oh,
3: good <laughs> Lord. And then right after that, bogus, this
4: has never happened before. But <laughs> it can.
3: From now on.
4: I just had Very another fun. thought,
3: and I do not think that this is possible in any shape or form. But something that's never happened is one team sacrificing for another team standing back and letting them win. Oh,
4: well, no one would do that for Darren, though.
3: No. No. So it would be Emma and Haley doing it for Angie and Allie, but I think their charity it's is too the charity. important. Their charity, the charity is too Maybe exactly. they
4: tie, though, and they split the money for the charities. Like, they get on the mat at the same time, because then both charities win,
3: you Yes, know? yes. It's a little
4: different than a normal where it's like, this is our money, We're not going to tie, you know, this is a little different where it's like for charities. So maybe, ah, interesting. I
3: don't know. I think it's more likely to be the team makeup. That makes the most, that makes the most uh, sense. But it's nice to have these other thoughts. Let's go to some questions, Dan. Everybody wants to know everything. So (laughs) Polar K Uh, asked, uh, I do laugh at the absolutely enormous size of the Australian team backpacks for what is essentially a small backpacking holiday around Southeast Asia. When US team's backpacks are tiny and they go to multiple countries and continents and temperature changes. So tell us about the backpack standard. They have uh, struck me as being quite large. What's in them and what do you actually need in a racers backpack?
4: Well, It seems like in the U.S. that's a more recent thing where teams are kind of like have watched enough of the show and they're like, you know, why are those people carrying the big backpacks? I wonder if the celebrities haven't watched as much. But there's a, you know, you can't bring certain things like you can't bring travel guides. You can't bring any electronics, not just phones. You can't bring GPSs. you You can't even, I think, bring like something to listen to music or something, which would be hard on those long trips, I have to say. But so those are things you can't bring. But I think a lot of it is pretty open ended. Like there's no like one size. Like this is what te- te- people bring. We saw a team recently on US where they just shared one bag and it wasn't very big. And I was like, wow, that that's impressive. But a lot of it is just like there was a team called the Holderness um, couple that they won. They're known for their YouTube channel, but they won. Sorry to spoil. Um, and they they did send out kind of some things they brought. And examples were like, they brought a compass. You're allowed to bring one of those. They brought a headlamp. They brought tide packs, notebooks to write your notes, you know, and then things like melatonin and sunglasses. So there's a lot, like when you add up all the things like you think, and they are allowed to bring things for weather though. A lot of times that's provided. I think when teams really start to think about like the Holderness mentioned that they brought water shoes so they could wear them like slippers on a plane. So I think, um, you probably only need the basic clothes, but a lot of teams probably are doing that. Like what I do when I travel, like, well, maybe I'll need this or maybe I'll need this. And then it just gets out of control, I think, is my guess.
3: We did see uh, one one person on an Australian amazing race bring a Theragun because, you know, mm. he, ne- he needed to be massaged. <laughs> well, don't
1: forget that. Skinny legends needed to bring their Dyson air wrap. They needed to bring probably a small suitcase of makeup essentials. So I understand.
3: <laughs> Maybe that's what slowed them down. And now, Dan, we also have a question from uh, Annabelle Fiddler. Uh, she wants to know about time penalties. Oh, I, I believe she's on the line now. Annabelle, are you there?
1: <gasps> I'm here. I'm here. Yes, I do want to understand time penalties. What's a normal length for a time penalty? How do they work that out?
4: Well, Annabelle, I will say it depends because it's weird. Australia in general has been very low with their time penalty amounts. It was even worse a few seasons ago where you had teams taking 30-minute penalties and finishing third or fourth because the task took an hour. But where U.S. started out with like really long penalties, there's a Classic example in the first season of a team skipping a detour where the detour just involved finding this car and they couldn't find it. They just gave up and got a 24 hour penalty. And they, they actually beat the next team by like six hours and, or however many hours it was. And it was a, it's a sad, sad ending. I don't think they do anything like that anymore, but I know on us, they often have like four hour penalties is a pretty common one. Some tasks, they, they've they done it where it's like four hours from when the next team shows up. There's a lot of um, amazing... The thing is, U.S., we don't see that many penalties where teams take a penalty. It's usually you're speeding. You took a cab when you were supposed to walk. You didn't read your clue and did this. And those are usually 30 minutes. And sometimes it'll be 30 minutes plus whatever time you save, which would be like 38 minutes or whatever. So that's more common. Canada, for some reason, like we saw with, like, with George and Pam this season, um, and um, Beck and Kate, that people actually take penalties as a strategy, but those are often two hours usually is what seems to hit them. So to summarize, I will say most of the, and Canada's tried to discourage it, but teams still do it. Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's four for, like, roadblocks versus... Um, you don't see a lot of people quitting detours because they have the other option. They can just go over do the other thing. But um Australia's seems to be the most lenient, which is actually surprising me we didn't see more penalties taken this year because one hour, as we saw, you can say survived that, unless it's about the spiders, which um I don't know what would have happened if if they um decide, had to do the fish though. That would have been that would have been another penalty. I don't know how long that would have been. You know, they would have just like Sat down and quit, but um, yeah. So that was an hour, and that did cost. You know, that did end it. But an hour can sometimes some of these tasks take longer than an hour. So I don't know. I don't know. Does that answer your question?
1: Yeah, it does. It does. Thank you. <laughs> I I wanted to know kind of what the average was because an hour didn't seem that long to me. I kind of thought uh, most tasks would take an hour. You just continue. Lazy bum me would just continuously <laughs> take the penalties. <laughs>
3: An hour is long for you know more more recent Australian uh, races, uh, Dan, we saw some some very mild penalties, which made me think why didn't Pete take some stuff? like right? ten minutes it was crazy. So I think at least they've adjusted that well. And certainly the couple that we're talking about that sped and got a penalty went out on that leg because of the penalty, and we see it see it here with uh, the skinny legends Beck and Kate also. Uh, went out on this leg because of the penalty. But, you know, is it or might it have taken them an hour to eat the spider? So, you know, I, I think the idea of the penalty is it restores the amount of time that you have saved by not doing it, rather than it punishes you for not doing it. Dan, would that be true to say?
4: I think so. Like I said, I think also, too, and one of the reasons the time might be shorter here is in the U S they might only have two tasks. So if a team could skip a task and then not be penalized that strongly, it would kind of kill the TV show aspect. Cause you have these, all these teams that would just, well, you skipped one and there's only one more thing we're here or Canada when Canada will do like six tasks in a leg and stuff. So one penalty is not going to make or break you that's kind of a big difference too, where I think this is shorter sometimes because, and even that season where there was 10 minutes or 30 minutes, I feel like they were doing more things than they are now too.
3: Yes, I think so. All right, Annabelle, any other questions for our very special hitchhiker, Dan Heaton, before we start to wrap up?
1: No, thank you Dan. I feel like I'm an expert in the Amazing Race now. <laughs> Maybe it's just my delusional self-confidence, but thank you. I know so much more about the Amazing Race than I did before.
3: Just wait till you till we've spoken to Jess Lee, so you'll oh, graduate from the University
4: of JL. <laughs> I'm the undergraduate and I have to like remind myself by looking things up beforehand where Jess is like she will reference a lot of the seasons I haven't even seen. Like I said, when I referenced the makeup, I I haven't seen a lot of the other they're out there if you can find them, but Jess is the amazing race guru. So
3: mm-hmm. I'm the just I'm the really race the, guru energy drink. Yes, <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm just the opening act, really. This is <laughs> nothing. I mean, I'm just I'm the guy who kind of knows a little bit, but um yeah, she's she'll be I've telling you about
3: the five hole. Just you wait till she gets to the unit on the five hole. Yeah. I've said it a few times uh, in our coverage, and I keep thinking, Annabelle never asks me what that is, but she's going to find out. (laughs) I actually
4: realized that. Yeah. I was like, does Annabelle know what that is? Because you
3: referenced it. No,
1: she doesn't. No. I'm, I'm still in remedial after school trustingly. class. Still in remedial after school classes with the stallions. I don't even know what I should
3: be asking. <laughs> the naughty kids up the back vaping. Dan, what have you got going on and where can the people find you? Well,
4: as far as Amazing Race goes, the Amazing Race Canada has ended. That I cover that with Jessica Lees for Rob as a podcast. But if you have not watched past seasons. You can. They're out there. They're not hard to find. And then you can listen to seven seasons worth of podcasts from seasons three through nine that Jessica Lee and I have done over at com or on any, any podcast providers. And I also currently host a themed park podcast where I talk about what's going on in the world of themed entertainment. That is TomorrowSociety.com. is called. I do interviews, do trip reports, lots of fun stuff there. And then you can follow me on Twitter at the Dan Heaton. That is not egotistical. Someone stole Dan Heaton. So that is why I chose the Dan Heaton. I'm just a Dan. I'm not the only one, but you can follow me there.
3: Wonderful. And Annabelle, what have you got going on? And all the people clamoring to find you, where can they do it? Well,
1: Dan, you are the Dan to me. <laughs> um You can find me Instagram, Twitter, Annabelle A W N A B E L C E, Um, and what am I doing right now? Feels like a lot. I am covering Survivor UK and The Traitors Canada with the wonderful Chili Philly. We have our own podcast feed now, thanks to Ryan Brink. So look us up on Spotify, Apple Podcast. We are Babes on the Brink, and you can find everything that we are doing there. What about you, Sarah?
3: Oh, she's a great follow. Do it. Uh, You can follow me at Sarah Carradine on all the things. Here on Silent Podcast, I had a great time discussing Survivor 45 with Gia Worthy. You can find me every Tuesday on RHAP, reality TV rehab ups, where Mary Forth and I bring you a true crime review on crime scene. That's S-E-E-N. And coming up in November over on Post Show Recaps, I am covering everything. The Buccaneers with Geneva Guadalupe, A Murder at the End of the World with Latonia Starks, and I'll be trying to pin down The Artful Dodger with the great Brooklyn Zed. So thanks so much to Dan for taking this ride with us. Thanks to Isaiah and the team at Silent Podcasts. Until next time, remember, everything you learned in Cub Scouts will help you on the amazing race.
1: Pants coming off now.
2: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?